Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff for one of the last times in 2011. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as always, or at least throughout this year, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. (laughs) And today we're going to do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're going to do an episode about the year of 2011 in technology news and uh, kind of to give a roundup of some of the big stories that happened. Some of the, some of the stories may not be that huge, but I think are fairly impactful. Uh, and, and also I want to point out we're recording this in early December, mm-hmm. which means that 2011 isn't over yet. So when we get to December, things is going to get crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I think the idea behind this episode was uh, stemmed from our annual predictions and predictions recaps. Yeah. Because, uh, a lot of this stuff we didn't, we didn't even come close to predicting because, right. uh, some of it was pretty darn huge. Um, and other things we did get on the nose, but you'll find that those sort of ended up in January and February because those are the things we were talking about in December and those are the easy predictions to nail. Yeah. It's, yeah. The further out you go, the harder it is to predict accurately. I mean, there's, yeah. there's no shock there, right? Right. Yeah. None of us are. You know, Prometheus or anything. Yeah. So uh, let's start with January of 2011. So my January started off with a my annual trek out to the deserts of Las Vegas to uh, cover the Consumer Electronics Show. Or, or the, the show formerly known as the Consumer Electronics Show that is so popular now that they think everybody can know what CES means. Yeah, so it's just CES 2011. Yeah. Officially, they, they asked us to call it that. And, uh, yeah, I, I went all over the place and, uh, got to, uh, have a good time hanging out with folks like, uh, the Molly Wood and Brian Tong from CNET and mm-hmm. Tom Merritt and Leah Laporte from, uh, This Week in Tech and, um, Nicole Lee, who was at CNET and is now at This Week in Tech. Uh, so yeah, I, I, <laughs> so uh, yeah, a lot of the folks out there, Ayaz Akhtar, who at the time was not working for This Week in Tech, but just a couple of weeks, months later joined This Week in Tech. So yeah, a lot of the, uh, tech journalists and everything, we just kind of hung out and chatted and everything. That made it, that made it a very enjoyable event for me. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, I got to see a lot of really cool technology unveiled. Now, some of that we still haven't seen truly roll out in, in wide, uh, uh, or distribution. broad distribution yeah. today. So, for instance, 3D television. Again, 3D television for the last three years at CES has been a big thing, but we still haven't really seen that breakthrough in the consumer market. I uh, saw a lot of tablets, lots and lots and lots of tablets, mostly Android tablets, not all of them. Saw the playbook. At CES. Yeah, that's, uh, Blackberry's. Yeah, device. which had, it had been unveiled at the end of 2010, but, mm-hmm. but January 2011 was the first time I got to get my hands on one. Uh, and that one sort of underwhelmed in the market, I think you could say. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Blackberry still has said that they are committed to supporting the playbook form factor and they can, they plan to continue producing playbooks. So they're not backing down yet, at least. Publicly, they're not backing down. Mm-hmm. No idea what's going on behind the scenes over at BlackBerry, over at RIM. But that's almost always the case, right? Uh, but we also saw things like the Motorola Zoom and mm-hmm. uh, even saw that Lenovo tablet, the one that, that I liked so much from the previous year where it, was, it looks the like U1? a no- – Yeah, the U1 where it looks like a notebook 
computer and then you pop the the screen outside out of the case and it becomes a tablet. Mm. Uh so it would actually have two operating systems. Now originally it would had Windows, I think it was Windows 7 and um a Linux. Mm-hmm. And then the the one they had at CES 2011 was Windows 7 and Android. Uh, but again, they kept on holding off on that. We still haven't seen that in the United States. I think they launched uh, a product uh, in China, but mm-hmm. not in the U.S. Also, inter- internet-connected televisions were everywhere and other appliances as well because this was the idea of the whole tech ecosystem where your entire home is wired up and uses the same sort of operating system so that you have this seamless experience just maneuvering around your home, which is a kind of a neat idea, but something that we've – I mean, I remember the old cartoons that had like the, the home of the future. Oh yes. Yeah, it's very much that. It's what that is, except with fewer arms coming out of the walls and dressing you and things. Yeah. There weren't as many of those. Which, for my part, I protest. (laughs) I want more of those like accordion arms coming out and taking your hat off your head as you walk in the door and storing it in a closet somewhere. And then Rosie comes up and goes, and it has to go da 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 yeah. So uh so yeah, that was CES back in January. There were some other kind of cool things on display. Um but in general that was those were the things that were making the news. There was also the Nintendo brought down the three DS and showed it in sort of closed door meetings and a couple of uh, yeah. on screen interviews, but they didn't have like a, a space on the floor where they were showing it off. But yeah, the three DS was making some news because it hadn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, moving on, and Google news. Yep. Um, boy, you know it's funny looking back at some of the stuff. It, it seems like it didn't even happen in 2011 when when Eric Schmidt decided to leave the company. Yeah. Well, leave his CEO role. Yes, he, and, he stepped uh, down as CEO of Google. And uh, Larry Page. Took over, and Larry Page is one of the co-founders of Google, mm-hmm. along with Sergey Brin. Uh, so he is now the CEO of Google. That happened in January, um, and, and look how badly that turned out. I mean, I can't even remember what happened when Google. Col- oh, wait, yes. now they seem to do okay. They seem to be doing all right. Uh, our next story is part of one of the more tragic tales of 2011, and, and it begins really in January 2011. That was when Steve Jobs announced that he was – well, he didn't even really announce it. He announced to the Apple employees that he was taking a medical leave of absence. And this would be the last time that Steve Jobs was uh, actively the, the um, CEO. CEO of Apple, although he did appear at certain Apple events uh, in 2011, and of course, uh, you know, was was still very much involved in the day to day business dealings right. to the point where people now, even now, feel like uh, for the next few years there will still be Steve Jobs' hand in the in the everyday business dealings because he had a roadmap for yeah. the company. And and you know, it's I'm I'm wondering if Steve Jobs' idea of medical leave is uh, was the same as most people's idea of going to work every day because. Really, from everything I could hear, it sounded to me like he was as involved with the process at Apple as any CEO of any other major company would be on a normal basis. Yeah, I think he was so, teleworking basically. Yeah. So at any rate, that was that was when uh, the the rumor mill popped up again about his health and um, knowing that it was a medical leave of absence. And of mm. course, that story is goes throughout the year, and and we'll t- touch back on it again in a little while. 
but then Verizon, this was one of my predictions for 2011. Verizon yep. announced that it was getting the iPhone. However, unlike my prediction, they were getting it in 2011. Yeah. Uh, well, we didn't know how, how long the uh, AT&T contract was. They, that yeah. had not been disclosed. Yeah, there was a, a lot of people thought it was five years. A five-year exclusive contract between AT&T and Apple for the United States. We should also add, you know, we know true, we have a lot of true. listeners throughout the world, and Apple does appear on other carriers. But in the U.S., it was exclusive to AT&T prior to 2011. Yeah, that's well, one of the mystifying things. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. That was one of the mystifying things about uh, the United States um, and the iPhone is that, uh, you know, the other carriers have it and T-Mobile doesn't in the United States, yeah. but they do in Europe. Yeah. Anyway. But then weird. AT&T is trying to buy T-Mobile. We'll get into that, too. Uh, and then uh, something that I thought uh, we should touch on throughout this year. Uh, this is not a, really a tech story. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. But tech plays a large part in what is going on. Sure. Um, I think in 2011, we saw more stories about technology playing a role in various uprisings and disturbances and movements than we have any year prior to 2011. Yeah, I agree. And in 2011, in, in January 2011, the uh, the Arab Spring revolutions really start to kick off when the Tunisian president resigned. Um, that was the first major uh, major event within the Arab Spring, although that technically began late in 2010. Yeah. The, the resignation of the Tunisian president was the first major event of 2011. And, uh, and social networking and mobile phones played a huge part in being, and people being able to organize, uh, so that they could bring out social change. Yeah. So that was a, a big story. And that, again, is one of those that will continue throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it, uh, in February, it really, yeah. really hit in February with the uh, resignation of the Egyptian president. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, people were talking, uh, there were, there were groups on Facebook. I remember that making headlines here in mm-hmm. the United States about how there were groups on Facebook where people were, uh, having discussions and coordinating activities. Um, and, uh, and the Egyptian government at a time, uh, kept trying to control the flow of information and, and the yeah. access to technology. And that was another example of how, you know, that's that's like trying to hold back water that's flowing downhill. I mean it's it you can you can deflect things and you can slow things down, but ultimately people can get at that technology. It's just it's it's very robust and very fluid. I think that was one of the the great stories though, uh uh, are under underlying questions yeah. for uh, things like this from 2011, which is um, related, but not. It's more of a, a worldwide question: Is the internet uh, a human right yeah. at this point? I mean, the the ability to communicate and the ability to uh, share information uh, freely, and that's one of the questions that I, I, you know, I think is going to become more and more prominent now that so many people are using the internet. But that's that's one of these things. I mean, is, yeah. is it okay for a government to censor this information or not? Um, and, the, you know, as the years worn on and these events have happened, you hear that, that question being discussed more openly. Um, yeah. And then we had some media news. Yeah, yeah. We've got – I mean, we'll just glance over these because it's just kind of interesting. AOL bought Huffington Post for $315 million and Ariana Huffington became the editor-in-chief. We've then saw some folks from Engadget start to leave Engadget. Uh, several of them have gone on to form a new group, uh, a new uh, site called The Verge. Yes. Uh, Engadget still exists as well. But yeah, we saw a lot of shakeup in media from that. Uh, we also saw in February the Motorola Zoom debuted, 
which was the first Honeycomb Android tablet. Yes. Honeycomb being the Android build specifically designed with tablets in mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, of course, we're having Ice Cream Sandwich coming out, which kind of combines the advances of Honeycomb with the the technologies of the previous like gingerbread builds of Android. So the 2.0 builds of Android and the 3.0 builds of Android are going to be combined for the 4.0 builds, starting with Ice Cream Sandwich. Suddenly I'm... I'm hungry for uh, for breakfast cereal and frozen confectionery. Yeah. What is – no. Uh, so our next story is IBM's Watson, one on Jeopardy. Yeah, this is this is sort of a, a twofold thing um, because in, in, in an overarching sense uh, for the entire year, uh, IBM is celebrating its 100th anniversary, which as Jonathan and I covered in three episodes of Tech Stuff, uh, kind of a – Kind of not exactly right. Yeah. IBM doesn't. It all depends on where your starting point is. Yeah. And IBM traces its starting point to a hundred years ago in, in, in 1911. Although, yeah. uh, its roots really go deeper than that. Yes. By, you know, several decades, yeah. actually. Um, but, uh, sort of as showcasing, uh, this would be, uh, the massive, um, networked computer known as Watson, which yeah. took on, uh, two, Former, Very able challenger, yeah. human challengers. Yeah, two on former Jeopardy. Jeopardy champions. Yes, that would be Brad Rutter and uh, Ken Jennings. Yeah, and uh, and IBM's was Watson showed off things like uh, natural language recognition and uh, and and measuring uh, the likelihood of one answer being correct versus another. And, and which you could see if you watched the show. Yeah, they displayed that for all of us to see. So so you know it was actually trying to make judgments on what was the most appropriate response based upon whatever the clue was, and uh, did quite well. So that was really exciting. We also saw in February that Light Peak debuted as Thunderbolt, and if you listen to our predictions wrap up show, you heard that that's you know the Light Peak that has d- debuted the Thunderbolt technology isn't exactly what Intel was promising with Light Peak. But that's supposedly still on its way. Yeah. Uh, moving on into March. Yeah, something that happened a lot earlier than I thought it would, the debut of the iPad 2. Yeah, that actually debuted while I was in Austin, Texas for South by Southwest. And my wife got in line at the special Apple store that opened up in downtown Austin and bought an iPad 2. That was a, that was a pop-up Apple store. Yeah. That was not an Apple store before and that it, event. And it ceased to be an Apple store as soon as the event was over. So Very it's weird. it's back to being whatever it was before or something else I guess. Um also in March one of the one of the, another sad story uh Paul Baran who was the inventor of packet switching technology dies. Packet switching technology we've talked about a lot in this podcast. It's mm-hmm. one of the things that makes the internet uh so robust and so uh um useful and it's where you the the protocol split files up into little packets and send those packets across the network and the packets don't all necessarily follow the same route from one machine to another they may go several different routes and this optimizes speed so that when you're transmitting large files across a network uh you can do so without having to worry about a certain pathway breaking down and then your file only only like 30% of your file is loaded because the pathway that it, that the information had been taking uh is no longer viable it's also redundant it's also redundant and has the uh the nice. ability to uh, send multiple packets of the same information so if one doesn't make it another will get there and uh all of these chunks of data are reassembled on the other side to form uh the whole file which is a, a very elegant uh way of dealing with 
uh, a complex problem. You know, the, the computers that join and leave the Internet on uh, a, a moment-by-moment basis, mm-hmm. files still get where they're supposed to go, and that all is invisible, more or less, to the user, yeah. uh, which is uh, which is really amazing. And it's it's very sad. We had a number of, of important tech passings this year, which we'll, yeah. we'll get to later in the episode. So in March, we also first heard about AT&T's plan to purchase T-Mobile USA for $39 billion. Now, this would uh, – AT&T was the, the second largest carrier in the United States, Verizon being the largest. T-Mobile USA being the, the fourth, fourth behind largest. Sprint. Um, and, and a struggling unit of the uh, dominant Deutsche Telekom. I mean, T-Mobile worldwide is – if well, I haven't done the research on it, but it was number one in the world uh, for a while there and um, probably still is. But in the United States, floundering. And yeah. uh, they decided Deutsche Telekom said, you know, we're we're kind of done with this. We want to get out. Uh, AT&T agreed to buy it. Uh, as of this recording, that is still in limbo. The, the federal government has several agencies reviewing the deal. And it looks like it might be in jeopardy. But yeah, uh, at least it's going to have to alter dramatically from what it is right now before it can clear those hurdles, I think. Yeah. Uh, but it may still go through. Actually, that'll be a fun thing to talk about in our predictions episode. We'll see if we get in some discussion in that. Yeah. But, but, and this next story also may fall into our predictions <laughs> episode. So there oh, yeah. was kind of a – there were a few companies that sort of seemed to have a comedy of errors all throughout 2011. And one of those companies was HP. You mean the dominant PC manufacturer? Yeah. So – in March of 2011, let's not jump ahead of ourselves, HP announced that it would start to ship all PCs with the ability to dual boot into either Windows or WebOS. Yes, WebOS being the operating system that... Um, was designed by Palm. Was designed by Palm, which HP acquired. Um, yeah, and, and we were all anticipating the uh, WebOS tablet onslaught. Yeah. Yeah, it was going to be the the next. This it was going to be. It's going to weigh in against Android and iPhone, and would be like the real competitor. Yeah. Uh, you know, whereas the BlackBerry Playbook would really be more for enterprise users. So this would be like the consumer showdown. Well, at this point, HP had said that they were really dedicated to pushing that WebOS platform, and they were going to push it onto their PC business. Mm-hmm. And we'll get back into that in a couple of months. <laughs> In this podcast, yeah. actually. Uh, and then uh, we had a massive earthquake hit Japan yeah. in March. Uh, that caused huge amounts of damage, including damage to a nuclear power facility that brought a lot of uh, concern into the picture about whether or not that facility was was breached and whether or not radioactivity was leaking into the area. Mm-hmm. But um, beyond that, and that I mean, that's huge. Beyond that, we also had massive amounts of, of loss of life, of injury, all of this incredibly tragic on a tiny scale compared to that I want to stress this yeah uh, nowhere near no one near is important but it did affect the tech world yeah because a lot of manufacturing facilities are in Japan and a lot of the 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 elements that go into our tech come out of Japan manufacturing plants. So yeah. bits and pieces that together we yeah. are assembled into tech come out of there. Yeah specifically uh memory. Yeah. Um there are memory plants in that area um, which were destroyed in the in the earthquake, yeah, and uh, that directly affected um, the computer world for a while. Yeah, you know, even even 
uh, you know, in, in, in a, in a corporate way, of course. Uh, right. Uh, you know, I don't think P, I didn't really hear people complaining about that. I think the, uh, the event itself was tragic enough that, uh. Yeah. I, I think it mostly probably pushed back plans to debut certain kinds yeah. of technology, uh, because the supply chain just wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, Microsoft debuted Internet Explorer 9, which got pretty good reviews when it came out, and Firefox 4 came out as well. Yeah. Of course, Firefox 4 is not from Microsoft. Yeah, the, the long-anticipated Firefox 4 coming out from, uh, uh, from Mozilla. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was waited, you know, we had been waiting quite some time for the next build of Firefox. Yeah, I just got it on my computer yesterday. Because <laughs> I've been using Chrome. I, I was just pointing out though, you didn't get Firefox 4 yesterday. No. Um, I, I was just pointing out how long we had been waiting. Yeah. Uh, in the early part of 2011 for the next level browser to come out. Right. More than, say, 10 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, well, and then, uh, hint, uh, hint. We also saw the beginning of another, well, some, uh, what, an event that was part of a, of a overall story that oh, kind of stretched through most of, of the second half of 2011. Uh, so there was a guy named George Hotz, still is a guy named George Hotz, uh, in fact, who, uh, he was known as a hacker. He liked to hack hardware and, uh, he had videos on things like jailbreaking iPhones and other devices. Mm-hmm. He decided to take on the PlayStation 3 and he figured out a way to jailbreak the PlayStation 3 so you could run other operating systems on it and you could do other stuff with your PlayStation 3. Yeah. And Sony did not like this at all. In fact, part of the reason Shocking. why part of the reason why Sony, I mean if he had done it on his own, Sony would have probably not cared so much. It was that he showed people how to do it. He yeah. had information on his site showing people how they could also jailbreak their PlayStation 3s. And so Sony sued him. Uh, and he, uh, uh, at first he kind of, uh, did a little trip down to South America, supposedly just for spring break, but some people were suggesting that perhaps he was trying to flee the, uh, wrath of Sony. Right. Uh, he did eventually come back. And, um, this kind of launched this whole, um, uh, lawsuit about, uh, him altering the PlayStation 3. And, uh, Sony even got permission from a judge to uh, to look at the IP addresses of anyone who had ever visited Hotz's website mm-hmm. uh, in an attempt to try and uh, discourage people from modifying their PlayStation 3s. Now, uh, Hotz eventually would get out of Hotz water, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll touch on what happened to him in a little oh, bit. No, you didn't. But also in March, we saw Amazon launch the Cloud Player and Cloud Drive products. Yes, that was one of your predictions for the year too. Was yeah. that everything was going to get cloudier? Yeah, and, and it sure did. It, yeah, the thing was, uh, uh, you know, we had been talking for a long time about the possibility that Apple was going to come out with a streaming music service. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google was looking at uh, coming out with a streaming music service or some other kind of music service. So Amazon kind of rushed out the door before securing agreements um, with a lot of the major music publishers. And I think at the time. Back in March, we started thinking that uh, they were going to get sued by the music industry, and that still really hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, the, it's a music locker where you upload your own files. Yeah. So yeah, and and, it's and not it like has some Spotify. limitations on it. Like uh, uh, it has a five gigabyte limitation for the free account, right? Yeah. Unless mm-hmm. you, if you buy an album through Amazon, that gets uh, bumped up to twenty gigs. And also, uh, any music you buy through Amazon 
does not count against your, uh, your, cap. your locker cap. Yeah. But anything that you upload to that is, it does count against it. And in case you're wondering, it all depends on what bit rate you encode your MP3s, but, uh, but yeah. five gigs is about a thousand songs. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that launched and, um, that was, that was the first big one of 2011, but a couple of others did launch as well. Uh, in April, we saw the first, uh, major security breach of the year, uh, that would not be the last. Yes, it, this is when my mailbox started filling up with, uh, we, we have a security issue. Yeah. Yeah. The Epsilon, which is a company that manages email lists for other companies. So yeah. like, like if you, if you join a, uh, program with a company, let's say it's a retailer. Mm-hmm. So there, just pick a, a retail of, store. A lot of loyalty cards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you, grocery store cards, right, and, right, and, and department store cards, and drugstore cards. Yeah, so you let's say you've you've signed up for a grocery store card. Just yes, to make it simple. You've signed up, you've given your email address, and it's got your name and your address and all that kind of stuff on file, so that you've got your your card, so you scan it and you get discounts at, at groceries. Epsilon was a company that managed all that data because a lot of these these uh, businesses that were using these sort of cards or email distribution lists or whatever they were using it for. They aren't experts in data management. No. So they outsourced that to a company that was an expert, and Epsilon was this company. Unfortunately for everybody, uh, hackers were able to get access into Epsilon's system and were able to steal millions and millions of customer uh, data records. Yes. Yeah, I think I, I counted that I had somewhere in the neighborhood. I can't remember what it was. It's like eight or twelve, somewhere in there. Yeah, uh, people emailing me and saying, "Oh, by the way, your loyalty card email got hacked." Right. Uh, this wasn't uh, credit card information. No. More like personally identifiable marketing stuff, like your name and email address, which is you know plenty for people who want to sell that to spammers. Yeah, or you can even use it to do identity theft. Uh, it, it could. It's it, it's a little bit trickier, but it's definitely one of those things that could play into identity theft. So this was a big story. Uh, and then uh, carrying on the hacker stuff, uh, hackers targeted Sony. Now, uh, some part of that might have to do with the, the issue with George Hotz and how Sony was coming down on Hotz for modifying the PlayStation 3. Uh, others, there are other reasons why people were... Uh, justifying their actions against Sony. Let's just say that that, because whether or not those actions truly, well, I don't believe those actions are justifiable at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's an illegal action. I don't, I don't see any justification for it, but there were people who were trying to create some sort of justification for why the hackers were doing what they were doing. At any rate, they targeted Sony and they stole data from over 75 million user accounts of the PlayStation network and Sony online entertainment. So they hacked into the systems and stole all this data. And part of Sony's uh, response was they brought the PlayStation Network down so that they could fix the security vulnerabilities. Adding to this was the concern that Sony waited to do that yes. and sat on the disclosure. They didn't disclose immediately that yeah, this it was, had happened. It was about a week later oh, when yeah. Sony let people know what had happened. And by this oh, time... Oh, by the way... Yeah, and th- these were files that could have potentially included things like credit card information. So... It was, um, uh, you know, it was a big deal. At the time, no one was really sure how deep this attack went and how much information they managed to get and how much of it was encrypted. Because as it turned out, some of Sony's, uh, practices were not very, um, secure. They, yeah. they stored some stuff in plain text. So it was unencrypted. And if you just got access to it, you could read it. 
Yeah, they use the words may have a lot. Your yeah. car, your credit card information may have been compromised, but we don't think it has. You may have experienced the desire to strangle us. Um, so PlayStation Network was down for about 23 days. Uh, now, at that same time, that same month, Anonymous, the online group that is, uh, you know, doesn't really have a central leadership. It's kind of amorphous and difficult to, to define. Uh, but wasn't Anonymous. He in the, wasn't he in the, uh, the Matrix? Amorphous? Yeah. Yeah. I know Kung Fu. Anonymous, uh, had also attacked Sony with a, a distributed denial of service attack earlier in April, but Eventually, this didn't actually come out until I think late May, but Anonymous made in this official statement, as as official as Anonymous can, that the group was not behind the attack that compromised the 75 million records. Right. So that was not Anonymous's doing. That was someone else. Uh, but at the same time, they had also targeted Sony. So Sony was getting hit pretty hard in April, and so were Sony customers because they suddenly could not access um, – the the data that they you know the the different uh, uh, services that they were used to. Yeah, the next the next couple we're going to talk about happened in April, but uh, it's funny because I, I think about these and sort of the the other stuff that leaked out as a result of that. Yeah, uh, Apple suing Samsung for patent infringement, and everybody at the time, everybody you know quote quote unquote everybody yeah complaining about how Apple was being. Uh, ridiculous because they were suing for patent infringement for their technology, sort of ignoring that all these companies sue each other all the time, and this is nothing new. Yeah, but this, uh, but this they actually did take out. They, you know, Apple really did make headlines with this. Yeah, throughout the year, because as a result of these these lawsuits, uh, Samsung started to see. Uh, a lot of resistance in other countries. Uh, yeah, there, like there are places throughout Europe that would not carry certain Samsung products because Apple had said that they were infringing on patents and they were um, they were essentially copies of Apple designs. Yeah. And uh, as a result, a lot of um, devices that Samsung created were not available in Europe and also Australia until recently. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as, Samsung, of the, as of the recording of this podcast, I should say. Yeah, but other manufacturers have gotten injunctions against Apple yeah. in some countries too. So, it's, but this this was kind of like the first. It was the first the, volley of this particular. Yeah, the patent the patent wars have been going on for for years, but this was like the first for 2011, yeah. starting off that that it's seemingly endless series of stories about patent wars. Like every week, it was another story about someone suing someone else for something. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, fr- a fresh round, and the same sort of thing happened once uh, it became clear that Apple iPhones were tracking user information. Yeah, and, even if you didn't have a location service turned on, yeah, it had uh, some information about where the user had been, and that raised a lot of red flags. And then, of course, it came out that Android phones, uh, yeah, other do it other too. devices do this as well, uh, and. Uh, in most cases, it looks like it really isn't to track you. It's to try and deliver the best uh, experience that yeah. you can get uh, for these location-based services that, you know, if it had to track down your location um, each time, every time you launch something, it would slow things down and it would make the experience less enjoyable. Yeah. So that and, and adding to the fact that uh, if you call uh, an emergency <laughs> service, let's say uh, you need help. Uh, from the police or yeah. uh, or a paramedic, um, they are able to find you that way too. So I mean, it's just it's just one of those things that it made headlines, and then you go, well, I mean, there's good stuff and bad stuff about this. And now it's there's partially a, anonymous. A very recent yeah. story that I'm sure we'll touch on 
at least a little bit that yeah. um, that kind of plays back into this on a much more disturbing level. Uh, but let's let's move on into May. Okay. So, uh, oh, May opened up with uh, a lot of big news. Uh, we there was the big raid on Osama bin Laden's compound. Yes, and uh, in which Osama himself was was uh, was killed, and it was live tweeted. Yes, by someone who heard a helicopter. Yeah, he, he, said, he didn't what's know going on? he didn't know what was going on, but nope. he live tweeted the event, and that actually caught a lot of news stories. Was yeah. that you know the fact that we are now in an era where major historical events are going to be like we're going to know more about them now because there's so much more access for the general the general right. citizen of the of the world to have access to to technology and get messages out that it's hard to imagine any major world event happening without sort of a citizen journalism uh element going on whether it was meant to be citizen journalism or right. not in this right. case it wasn't it was just a guy in his house saying what the heck is going on yeah so that was kind of interesting. Uh, also in May. Speaking of what the heck is going on. Microsoft announced that it was going to buy Skype. Yep. Uh, which was a, that, I think it's $8.5 billion for Skype. Um, that was a big deal. In fact, that got a lot of people worried that Skype yes. was going to change dramatically and that all the, the, uh, stuff they had been relying upon with Skype was going to go away because Microsoft was going to change stuff. So far we haven't seen that. Um, a lot of other Not people said. No. Yeah, a lot of other people said no. What you're more likely to see is Skype get worked into things like uh, tablets mm-hmm. and also um, Xbox. Yeah, that you would see a lot of of that functionality uh, incorporated into other Microsoft products. Not necessarily that Microsoft would get in the business of of uh, fiddling around with Skype. Yeah, speaking of other big companies, Google came out with. Uh the uh, Chrome OS. Yeah, they officially launched it. Now there had been a developer build for a while. Yeah, but and we were talking about it. it yeah, about how it was going to be the netbook operating system of choice. Yeah, but then netbooks kind of disappeared. <laughs> yeah, they don't really exist anymore. Uh, not 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 like they did back in two thousand nine and two thousand ten. Yeah, yeah. We had people asking us if we had uh, early release Chromebooks. No, no. I wish we did. I, uh, I, want, I haven't actually seen one in the wild. I wanted to play with with one, but I never got a chance to. Uh, they also unveiled Google Wallet, which was their um, their near field communications uh, payment service. Yeah, use your phone to uh, hold your credit card information, tap it to pay. Yeah. So this was the software side of that, not the hardware side, because yeah. uh, there isn't really much of a hardware side still, other than a chip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you can get there's like. A couple of phones that yeah. support it, but yeah. even the um, new phones that Jonathan and I got this year don't support it. Now the that's in the United States. We should point out in other parts of the world that technology's been available for a few years. Yeah, they're going yeah, like, Snoresville. Like, like in Japan, it's move been on. Available for quite some time. Yes, but here it's a big market, and, yeah. and uh, it's just now coming here. So uh, also in May, the Xperia Play debuted. That was the PlayStation phone. It's not called a. It it it's a phone that is able to play PlayStation One games. It's a PlayStation phone. Okay. All right. Fine. Don't take Fine. Aw- don't take away my award from that last show. Uh, uh, also, our, our friend George Hotz, Hotsy Totsy, uh, he gets hired by a little company called Facebook. Yeah, whatever. Whatever happened to them? Uh, just still around. Um, and the Winklevoss twins. Oh yeah. Speaking of Facebook, uh, these are the the twins uh, from Harvard who uh, who alleged that they had hired. Zuckerberg to work on a project for them, and then Zuckerberg took some of the 
stuff that the Winklevoss twins had suggested and incorporated it into his own project called The Facebook. Yeah, that would be Mark Zuckerberg, the uh, CEO of Facebook. Yes. And and alleged founder. <laughs> yes, alleged founder. I'll throw no, that no, in no, for he, this particular thing. He, he was definitely the founder of Facebook. Well, whether true, or not whether or not true. all the information he came up with. And you know, we did a whole podcast about this this whole scandal. And I'm not going to um, pretend to know what happened. But at any rate, I the Winklevoss twins had had taken a case against Facebook. They received a settlement and then they decided that apparently that the settlement wasn't enough and they wanted to go for more. So they took the case all the way to the Supreme Court. That ultimately would not work out for them. No, but they haven't given up. No. Um, and I don't know why you worded it this way because now I'm hungry for bananas. Yeah. But uh, LinkedIn, the uh, the business networking yeah. site, decided to file for an interna- international uh, – <laughs> Oh, that was great. Initial public offering of yeah. stock, yeah. an IPO. And, and, and it, it went – yeah. the Bananas. It went bananas. I'm yeah, no, LinkedIn bananas. stock prices soared when it first went public. Groupons did as well. Yes. Uh, Groupon also went public in 2011. Yeah, the, um, uh, the, the coupon service that, that basically clues you in that there's some cool deal going off today. You yeah. should pick that up. So both LinkedIn and Groupon went public and both did incredibly well upon debut and both have since – um, leveled off. Yeah. <laughs> it actually declined quite a bit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Welcome that was the stock market. That was a big splash. Uh, and then in May, we see the emergence of a group called LulzSec, which was similar to the group Anonymous, but, uh, but not a splinter group of Anonymous, really. Although I, I think there was some association between the two groups beforehand. It wasn't like LulzSec was a specific arm of Anonymous. Right. But this was a group of folks who said that they wanted to use their hacker skills to uh, to really target um, certain sites. And those sites might be government-based, might be just an organization or a company, uh, and that they had their own agenda and they were following that. And they were very prankish and mischievous, but also very destructive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would deface sites. They would bring sites down. Um, and that would cause a whole – mess of problems throughout the summer of 2011. Yep, yep. And in its preparations for opening its first headquarters on Mars, yeah. Apple uh in des- June in June decided to uh announce its uh spaceship campus. That's not really a real spaceship, but people it's futuristic looking and people yeah. call it that. Yeah, I, in Cupertino, California. I would love to visit this place once it's complete because it, it sounds really cool. Yeah, Jobs himself was the one who sort of unveiled this and he was talking to the uh, officials in Cupertino to make sure to get clearance to build this facility because it was going to be enormous and crazy and, and high tech and Apple's, awesome. Ep- Apple's Epcot. Yeah, it might even take off and be able to beam people up. I don't Ooh. know for sure. Uh, if it does, it will do so expensively. We also saw E3 in, mm-hmm. in June, and uh, that's when Nintendo unveiled the Wii U console, the next-generation Wii console, the first next-generation console from the big three. Yes. Uh, to, uh, what debuted at uh, E3. Although and, I'm sure that the uh, PlayStation and Xbox fans will probably say that this is actually the catch-up yeah, this generation. Is a, this is a current generation, not a next generation. Yeah, it all depends on how you word all that. But anyway, this is the one that has the controller with the, the touchscreen interface embedded in the controller itself. Uh, originally, it was going to be a system that would only support one controller, which kind of drove some people nuts. And now it sounds like it's going to support up to two. 
So you still won't be having groups of people playing all at the same time, but you might have uh, a face-off between you and a friend. Mm -hmm. It did seem a little odd to me that it would only support the one controller uh, when that the the original specs anyway. That seemed a little strange. But um, yeah, big news also in June. One of the things that you had predicted that News Corps would do. Yep, yep. A specific thing, you might say, specific media purchased MySpace or what was left of it for uh, a fraction, a small, small fraction of what, uh, of the 500, $580 million that News Corps paid, $35 million, yeah. which is, again, a, a big markdown. A, a big markdown and a, a, a reasonably sized lottery jackpot. Yeah. And uh, Justin Timberlake was rumored to be one of the um, the investors in this. Behind it, he was bringing he was bringing MySpace back. Oh, but it didn't happen. So, uh, and also, I mean, MySpace for the longest time was really looked at as one of those social networks where bands could have a pretty good presence because it it really supported that sort of right. um, that sort of approach. Uh, but since <laughs> other Networks have emerged. They've kind of taken a lot of that away. And plus, MySpace's interface just never uh, – it got so so ridiculous and people created such garish pages that it kind of got a terrible reputation, mostly based off the way that users were behaving. It wasn't the system itself that was the problem. It was that people were – it was like you know you move into a nice neighborhood and then you suddenly put – pink flamingos on your lawn and you never bring the Christmas decorations down and What's I'm looking at Chris. What's wrong with that? Okay. Anyway, for some of us, we I think of that Christmas as decorations on my pink flamingos. Yeah. Um, yes. And then, and then as, as though, uh, <laughs> as though, uh, the, uh, acquisition of MySpace, uh, was, uh, didn't have MySpace already in a distant second position behind Facebook. Google attached an anchor to MySpace, yeah, <laughs> sinking it even further with the announcement that they were uh, coming out with Google Plus yeah. in a private beta, um, which I got into on that first week. Yes, that was crazy, crazy. impressive. Yeah, it was, that normally never happens. Um, which I know that doesn't make any sense. That normally never happens. Anyway, uh, yeah, I got into the Google Plus private beta and. took a look and really liked the features that they had in it, especially the circles where you could create different circles for different people and you could publish information to just one set of circles and leave out the others or you could follow one set, one circle just to see what those people are up to and ignore everything else. All of those features were really cool and something that Facebook lacked at the time. Yes, yes. Um, And and Facebook wasn't concerned about it at the time. Right. Uh, But yeah, it got... It was one of those things where Although because I think I think, I think part of the there was a huge surge to try and get Google Plus invitations. Yes, there was. They, they were like the most sought after ticket in town. And I think mainly it was because of the whole exclusivity thing. Uh, once once Google Plus opened up to the public a little later in the year, uh, there was a, a, an initial run on the site and then it very, very quickly tapered off. Yes. However, when it when it did launch publicly, it really did sink MySpace even further yeah. down the list yeah. because it is now in I'm thinking pretty much still in second place, Google Plus. So, so uh, still distant behind Facebook. Of course. Continuing our hacking stories, LulzSec retrieved customer information from Sony Pictures, so Sony is still under attack here. This is this is a separate attack from the PlayStation attacks that happened earlier in the year, but. Uh, LulzSec is able to retrieve customer information from Sony's pictures, Sony pictures, and also 
uh, joins forces with Anonymous to create Operation Anti-Sec, meaning anti-security. So mm-hmm. the whole purpose of this was kind of to to show how companies that had been boasting about their secure measures in place, you know, how much of that was was real versus being a paper tiger. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it was almost like a crusade to show how insecure some of your data was, despite what what these companies were predicting. And you could argue whether or not that was a um, you know, a noble effort or you know, ascribing motives at this point is really difficult. Mostly because a lot of the methodologies these groups use tend to uh, fall into sort of this prankish uh, behavior, and so it's. You know, you, at one point you're like, well, I, I'm sure there's some motivations here that are somewhat noble in intention. Right. But the execution is such that it's hard to really say it for sure. Uh, anyway, they, they were dedicated to targeting governments, banks, and, uh, re- revealing holes in security and defacing sites if the, the, they felt that the, uh, companies were being negligent in their security. Mm-hmm. And, Presumably, the purpose of this was to improve security across the Internet. Whether or not that actually happened is debatable. Yes. But then there was, you know, while they joined forces with uh, Anonymous, uh, Lulsec uh, basically ticked off a lot of other groups. Yeah, Team Poison was one. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of different hacker groups that what, what the other hacker groups started to say about Lulsec was, and they weren't necessarily judging what Lulsec's actions were. They were saying like Lulsec's, Lulsec's uh, members were just script kitties. Yeah. Like all they were doing was uh, downloading code from some hacker site and then, and then doing a, a simple like SQL injection into a system to bring it down, but that they weren't themselves designing the tools that were doing these things. And so these other hacker groups began to target LulzSec and were specifically dedicated to trying to discover who the members of LulzSec were mm-hmm. and to give that information to the United States authorities because they were starting to take an interest in LulzSec at this time. Yeah, and then we had recorded an episode about uh, the next topic earlier yep. b- before this happened, actually, because we had a number of listeners who were interested in the virtual currency known as Bitcoin, yeah. where uh, the computer actually manufactures the virtual money. Yeah, uh, and, and you can mine bitcoins, and you can and, and trade things in some circumstances for for bitcoins. Right, and it was uh, some people have made a lot of money. Yeah, it was a, it was a digital currency and the idea was that, the idea was that the system was supposed to protect bitcoins from, uh, from hacking. It was supposed to be a very secure way to keep track of, like, how do you keep track of digital currency? If you've got a medium that allows infinite, uh, copying, like if I can, if I can take a piece of digital information and copy it an infinite number of times, doesn't that immediately devalue your currency? Because well, I've got one digital dollar. What if I copy that a million times? Now I have a million digital dollars. Am I a millionaire or did I just devalue that currency? Yeah. Well, this was uh, the system was designed to to support uh, being able to track information about each individual Bitcoin. Yeah. So theoretically, it was possible to know how many were on the market and how much the value was. And a lot of people did make some money on it in trading for actual currency. But then in June... 2011, the yeah. market crashed. The value of the Bitcoin dropped to less than half of what it had been worth, and then it continued to suffer throughout the rest of the year. And I've even seen some reports recently that suggested that perhaps Bitcoin was just a social experiment and was never really intended to be a true digital currency. Right. Which, 
If that's true, that raises some serious ethical questions because, you know, people sunk real money into this, this whole system. Yeah. So if that's a social experiment, it's done by Dr. Frankenstein. I have his light, by the way. I yeah. went by and picked it up the other, just between our podcasts. Yep. So we're halfway through the year. Let's get to July. Yeah. Thank goodness, because we're 46 minutes into this podcast. We're going to pick up this pace a little bit. How about that? All right. Uh, yeah. This was uh, one of my predictions for the year. Spotify debuted in the United States. Yep. That was, that was a pretty Woo-hoo. popular debut on, until they latched on and made a partnership with Facebook, which ticked off some people that, you know, didn't want to have to have a Facebook account in order to listen to music. Yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, Facebook had their awesome announcement, which ended up being Skype integration into Facebook chat. Which is useful, but awesome. Yeah. That was uh, debatable. Uh, oh, here's a sad story. Oh, yeah. NASA had its final space shuttle mission with the Atlantis flight, which thankfully took off and landed safely. Yes. But that marked the end of the space shuttle program. Made a lot of people uh, sad. Netflix changed the rates oh. on its plans. This is when Netflix ceased to be a darling in the eyes of many. This was the beginning of a long, awful year, half year for Netflix, because they, they announced the change in the pricing for their plans, and that got a lot of members upset. And I think the purpose of this, in fact, I think all of the moves that Netflix has done, the purpose has really been to try and channel people toward the streaming only method. Well, yeah. Because managing hard, you know, hard copy media is a big deal. I mean, it takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of infrastructure. Yeah. I mean, uh, the streaming costs are far less than their shipping costs. Right. And, and warehouse, Space and I mean and personnel. I mean, j- there's a lot of money that has to go into keeping a physical infrastructure going, as opposed to a digital infrastructure. Unfortunately, they handled this one badly. Yeah, and, and users kind of flipped out, and they would continue to flip out through the rest of the year for other reasons. We'll get into those too. Yep. Uh, yep. FBI rolled out a massive raid to start trying to catch people who belong to Anonymous. So that was the government striking back at the hackers, and this war continues. Yes. Uh, so and Mac OS X Lion debuted. Yes, yes. And initially, uh, it made headlines for a couple reasons. One, it relied uh, mostly on digital distribution, although Apple did start uh, making a physical copy available for people who didn't have the connection uh, worthy of trying to download such a large operating system. Um, also because it was less expensive, uh, for a massive, uh, operating system. Yep. However, uh, in the long run, uh, people haven't been adopting it nearly as, as much as Apple and a lot of other people, I think, thought they would. Um, I think there are several reasons for that. Probably the, not the least of which is there's a lot of software that's not compatible. Uh, they took out some of the compatibility because this is the first, uh, well, not the first, um, but it's 64-bit only, and it's uh, Intel only. Uh, Snow Leopard was as well, but uh, right. they took the compatibility with the uh, PowerPC version versions of the software out for for this version right. of the operating system, and uh, I think that has damaged that somewhat. Um, August, yes. big news. Yep. Google said, "Yeah, we'd like to buy Motorola Mobility." Yep. So they did. Yep. So that was, that was huge. Uh, and that also raised questions of was Motorola Mobility going to become the exclusive Android f- handset developer? That, of course, has not panned out so far. Uh, also in August, Steve Jobs officially resigned as the Apple CEO and recommended Tim Cook, uh, the chief operating officer, as his replacement. And the board of directors agreed. Uh, Jobs did stay on as the chairman of the board of directors. Uh, in August, although sadly, of course, that story changes a little bit in just a couple of months, too. Um, at this point, the HP debacle 
hits another interesting moment. So remember back in March, they said they were going to produce PCs that could dual boot in Windows and WebOS. Well, in August, they said, oh, you know what? We're not going to develop WebOS anymore, and we're actually going to get out of the PC business too. Yeah. See, this is uh, July and August are when the car, the tech car, starts squirreling all over the road and, and at some points leaves the road entirely. Yeah, and usually August is a really slow month in tech news, and it was crazy this year. Yeah. With yeah. Steve Jobs resigning and Google, the Google Motorola thing and HP thing, I mean, it was just, it felt like it was just going to continue. And it, it, things got crazy the all over the place. Uh, in Libya, uh, Gaddafi was overthrown, the Arab Spring was continuing there. And also, uh, in August, that's when we saw the London riots, mm-hmm. where, uh, the people who were, who were actually rioting were using smartphones, particularly Blackberries and Blackberry Messenger to kind of coordinate attacks. And they were also using things like Facebook and, and Twitter. Um, and they were concentrating on raiding businesses. And that, that went on for almost a, a week. Um, it was a uh, pretty scary stuff happening over in London. Moving on into September. Apple misplaced another iPhone prototype. Yeah, this was a, I remember, I, I remember the day this happened or the day after it happened. I was in New York at the time and a friend of mine said, uh, visiting a buddy and he said, uh, hey, did you hear about the, um, the guy who stole that, stole, you know, a guy had a, a, an iPhone prototype stolen in a bar. I'm like, yeah, didn't that happen like a year ago? He said, no, no, it happened again. I'm like, what? And sure enough, uh, a prototype for the iPhone 4S was stolen out of a, from an employee at a bar. So apparently we learned a couple of things. Uh, if you are an Apple employee, you might need to curb your drinking. Uh, <laughs> and also if you are a tech reporter, you might need to start hanging out at bars over in San Francisco. Um, and then we also, that was the same month where Netflix took another step to completely alienate itself from all users. Okay, we're really sorry, but what we're going to do instead is split ourselves into two companies. Yeah, instead of making two different plans or whatever, we're just going to come become two different companies. There'll be Netflix, which does di- digital distribution, and there'll be Quickster, which does DVD-only distribution. That'll solve the problem, right? Because now you'll just have to have an account at both of these companies in order to have the same service you could have through one company before. That's improvement, right? Actually, most people, I think, were complaining about the name Quickster. Well, I think a lot of people were also just – they did not like the idea of having to ha- maintain two separate accounts to, for something that they originally just had one. Well, okay. But maybe. again, Netflix was trying to find a way to offload the, the physical media and concentrate on digital distribution, and they just did it in kind of a ham-fisted way. Oh. Um, and then Google got hungry. Yeah. They got Zagat or Zagat. Yes, I was hoping you would know the pronunciation. I've heard it both ways. Um, yes, the, the famous, uh, restaurant guide, um, writer and publisher. Um, yeah, they, they gobbled them right up and yep. uh, found it a tasty, tasty treat. Um, which is kind of different for Google because, uh, you know, this is an opportunity for them to publish content, which has not been Google's strong suit in the past. And in fact has raised questions from other, mm. other, uh, apps and, and companies like Yelp. Saying like, are you are you just going right. to push us out of the picture entirely and just put your content front and center? In fact, Google's had uh, quite a few uh, antitrust hearings throughout the year uh, that re- relate to that, to yeah. like how it ranks pages and whether or not it specifically tries to de-emphasize competitor pages. Well, um, of course, you know this is really Yahoo's strong suit. They're the ones yeah. with content, and you know they've got a grip on it because they're a massive company that's well. No, uh, yeah. has a firm sense of direction and great leadership. Well, you know that was also the month that Yahoo CEO 
Carol Bartz was asked to hit the pavement. Yeah, and she was not quiet about it either. Uh, yeah, that was um, one yeah, of she those... she works blue, I hear. One of those big events that ended up uh, causing quite a stir. Uh, another one was HP gave the boot to its CEO, Leo. And I don't even know, is it Apotheker? Uh, Apotheker? I thought uh, it was Apotheker. It might be Apotheker. Yes. Uh, anyway, yeah, Leo, he gets the boot, and Meg Whitman becomes the interim CEO for He's HP. And that's. Former CEO of, uh, eBay. Yeah, this. And, uh, political candidate. This got really crazy because this is where we started hearing the conflicting reports about is HP really not going to support WebOS anymore? Is it really getting out of the PC business? And to be honest, I don't think there's been a firm answer out of the company since then. Well, it, it goes back and forth. Yeah, our most recent news, again, in early December is that they're not getting out of the PC business. Right, but I'm not even going to... Uh, we were going to find out about WebOS, and then they said, yeah, well, actually... Uh, we'll get back to we'll you. We'll get back to you. Yeah, so 2011 is not over yet, so we don't know how this story is going to end. We just know that it's been a mess. Yeah, It's one of those things where you, when you look back on the year, you really start to see how messed up some of these companies were for 2011. Yeah. I think 2012 is going to be even worse in a way, but we'll get into that in our prediction show. Uh, Facebook and Spotify formed their partnership in September. That was the thing that ended up ticking off a lot of Spotify users. And uh, Amazon announced its new line of Kindles, including the Kindle Fire tablet, which got people really excited. People were very fired up <laughs> about the Kindles and the Fire tablet. Well, yeah, that's because the Fire tablet was, uh, you know, is, is a more uh, affordable competition to the iPad and other similarly pro- priced tablets. Yeah. Although it, it does... It has some severe limitations as well. Like yeah. No camera, no GPS, no cellular capability, no... But no. if you don't care... If you don't care, if you just want a tablet device, then it might be exactly what you want. Yeah. You also didn't mention the uh, smart lists and subscriptions that uh, Facebook added, which yeah. bring it more in line with Google+. Plus. Yes, that's true. Facebook did make some moves to kind of... Uh, uh, be more like Google Plus and, and kind of take some of the um, the the wind out of Google's sails. Yeah, yeah, which is funny because Google now has Google Music, uh, which also sort of com- you know puts them in competition with Apple for their big news in October. Yeah, Apple uh, sort of started off October with some happy news. You know, yeah. iCloud, the long anticipated uh, cloud service, launched not streaming music, but you do have the iTunes Match service, which yep. will you don't have to upload stuff like you do with the Amazon and Google services, where you upload your music. It'll say, well, okay, we see that you have this, so we will make it available to you because we have it in our catalog uh, for you know twenty five dollars a year. Yep, eh, you know, not not a terrible large price to pay. Uh, also, the iPhone 4S yeah, which, launched, but not an iPhone 5. Yeah, the iPhone 4S, 4S, when it first came out, I think there was a kind of an underwhelming response, but that changed very quickly once it hit store shelves, which is pretty much true of every Apple product ever. Is that an Apple product comes out and everyone says like, uh, it's okay, but it's not, it's not ex- exactly, at least since the first iPhone. Yeah. They're and, like, it's okay, but it's not exactly what I was hoping for. And then when it hits store shelves, I gotta have it. And then iOS 5, of course. Uh, yep. Was released and uh, that's available for uh, many things and, and added some functionality that wasn't there in some of the devices too, yep. along with Siri. Yep. Um, you know, which is uh, has been pretty popular and that's about the only really good news we had for October because we had a lot of sad things. Yeah, uh, the House of Representatives introduced the Stop Online Piracy Act or SOPA, which we did a podcast on just recently, so I don't think we need to go over that again. But anyway, no. that's it. Some people suggest that it could, quote unquote, break the Internet. Yeah, that's, it that's could not have a good some thing. serious legal ramifications yeah. for, for a lot of websites and a lot of users. And then, um, then we have 
some really sad news of various various passings in the technology field. Uh, of course, the one that probably got the most uh, foot uh, the most coverage was Steve Jobs passing away. Yes, uh, he passed away the week after they introduced their iPhone 4S and the iCloud, and um, his passing left a a huge hole in the tech industry. And the, yes. there was for the for the entire week following, there was nothing but but. Uh, coverage of his passing, but uh, it even it even sort of brought the uh, the many many wars between the operating systems to a halt for about a week while everybody said no you know yeah he really was kind of a visionary yeah he was he was unique uh, that also saw uh, uh, Dennis Ritchie pass away yeah in, in October 2011 Dennis Ritchie was uh, the guy who created the C programming language mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah he his passing was a big deal for people who were into the whole uh, programming side also John and, and for many of the the rest of us who never really knew who he was, but yeah, have relied on 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 programs that are built on what he developed. Uh, also, everything. John McCarthy, another uh, programmer, he passed away. He's the guy who coined the term artificial intelligence, and he invented the Lisp programming language. Lisp is a programming language that's used in a lot of AI uh, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. techniques. I love AI technology. So he was he was one of the the forefathers of. The whole AI movement that we're still, you know, developing even today. Mm-hmm. Moving on into November, that's when Google Music launched officially. Officially, uh, and they even shed the beta title. Yep, and uh, which was shocking, right? I mean, yeah, Google's I Google's keeping those betas shorter and shorter. They also discontinued or, or announced the the discontinuation of several products, um, which. They've been doing on and off throughout 2011, things yeah. like Google Buzz and Google Waves, many of which are still somewhat supported right now but are going to go away soon. Yeah, Google Notebook is gone. Yeah. And then uh, the Federal Trade Commission brought complaints against Facebook about user pri- uh, privacy and have put a, a, a new restriction on them. They have to undergo a 20-year period of privacy audits. Yes, because they, they settled that. Part of the reason why is because uh, it was announced – um, actually not announced, but uh, heavily speculated again that uh, Facebook would uh, have an initial public offering of stock uh, again, all of its own, um, which uh, people are projecting will be, uh, as of again this recording, many, many billions of dollars into Facebook's coffers. Um, and so uh, a lot of people were saying that the reason why Facebook was eager to get this off the the uh, off the radar is so that they can say, look, you know, no, no problems here. Go ahead and buy our stock. So, uh, we'll see if that actually happens, but, um, yeah. And we're, we're now over an hour. This is the longest podcast ever officially. We have, we have bypassed, we've gone beyond the Steve Jobs podcast and we normally would continue into December, but it's just the beginning of December. So we don't know what's happened yet. So here's quickly a rundown on what has happened. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Steve Ballmer uh, was picked up by the scruff of the neck by Bill Gates and set outside of Microsoft and told no, no, no. And so now Microsoft's looking for an interim CEO. That happened. Okay. Um, what else happened in December? Uh, Santa got a uh, Google Android phone and likes it but doesn't like it as much as he would have an iPhone 4S. Ah, okay. Um, uh, Amazon acquired Yahoo. <laughs> yeah, there were, sure. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, I remember when that happened tomorrow. Uh, um, uh, yeah, that, that we may don't, very well happen. Uh, Yahoo may very well get bought by the end of the year. You know what? 
Chris, I think we're going to have to hold off and we're just going to have to make some predictions for 2012. And hopefully if uh, those predictions also spill over into late 2011, the listeners will count them. Okay. All right. Sounds good to me. We're wrapping this up. Guys, thank you for sticking with us for this epic podcast of epic epicness. Well, you- it was a lot busier in 2011 than I think we anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. No, a lot more happened in 2011. And we, of course, did not cover every single tech story because nope. if we had, it would have been oh, good five or six episodes. Uh, but yeah, if you guys have any questions, if you have any suggestions for topics you would like us to cover in the future, let us know. Send us an email that addresses techstuff at howstuffworks.com or drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter. That handle is techstuffhsw. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?